Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about director-writer Kevin Smith and why I think he's a poor man's Richard Linklater. Now... Let me be fair. I, I, I've started a series called Dad Corner where I, I revisit old movies that I, when I watched them, saw them from the, I guess you could say, adolescent perspective, depending on what age I was when the movie came out. And of course, I completely would side with the protagonist. And then as you get older, your views change when you become a parent. You're like, oh my God, I side more with the parents. And May and I talked about this in the episode we did on Christopher Nolan versus Tarantino. And my view of Tarantino has changed the older I get. I am a Gen Xer. I definitely grew up during his peak years with Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, in that area, Kill Bill. And the older I get with Tarantino, the less I'm impressed with him. And I think some of it is played out by the way Tarantino acts. If you've heard him talk in interviews, he talks like he's still 24. And there's like a stunted maturity about him. That's not to say I don't think that Tarantino is a gifted director. We, we fleshed this out in that episode. So I don't want to spend too much time there. But with Kevin Smith, I, I feel this more with Kevin Smith and it's stronger. But I don't call Kevin Smith a poor man's Quentin Tarantino. I, I use Richard Linklater as a better example because both of them were indie filmmakers. And Kevin Smith saw Slackers by Linklater, which was done in Austin and not at a sound studio. And he saw how Linklater's movie was filmed essentially on a shoestring budget. And he was inspired by that movie to go into movies. So you could say he was definitely uh, indebted to Linklater. And if you look at Linklater's career, and we'll probably have a separate episode, uh, director versus director with Linklater, because his career is very impressive and has run the gamut. He can do comedies like School of Rock, but he can also do the Before Trilogy, which is a Movies I Love episode that we have here. And he can do a movie like Boyhood and be directed for best picture and best director and kevin smith to me his movies were movies that i really enjoyed in the 90s but he did not mature with the age group that he is and even today he i feel even though i do think he's talented in what he does and i don't want to cast aspersions on his success because he's had success i just feel that his movies are kind of the equivalent of what I talk about with the Judd Apatow movies. How the Judd Apatow movies perpetuate this coolness of the stunted man. That it's okay to be underemployed or unemployed and smoking pot all the time. And I think Kevin Smith movies demonstrate this too. Now he would say maybe that he's just being real 
if you look at movies like Clerks and Clerks 2 and Clerks 3, that he's just being real to what he grew up with. And I understand that, right? You have to be true to yourself. I just think that as his movies went on, as his career went on, he never really left the sophomoric, potty, juvenile humor. And I think a lot of this was infused by his love of comics. Clearly, if you know anything about him, you know he loves comics. He has a comic book store. Uh, comics are over in his hometown. Comics play a gigantic role in a movie like Chasing Amy, where the protagonist, Jason Lee and Ben Affleck, are, they make comics. One is the writer and one is the, the illustrator. And so comics do play a pervasive role in many of his, his early movies. And... I mean, I think this goes to a, a, a larger theme that I see in that. And again, I can have the minority opinion. You could say this is a snobby opinion and I would I would understand this. But like with comics and video games, I think these are two things which are fine to indulge in when you are a child or an adolescent and even into your 20s. But I think once you reach a certain age, if you're really into comics and by extension, Marvel, DC movies, you're really into them. You have bumper stickers on your car and all these things, anima, manga, comic book stuff. You're big into gaming in your 30s and 40s and 50s. I would suggest that this, this does demonstrate maybe a sign of stuntedness because these are things that are typically attracted to, to at children and adolescents are into this, but I think you need to at some point outgrow this stuff again this could be a minority opinion and you don't have to agree with me but with kevin smith as much as i loved i you know you know i, I saw clerks one probably after i saw chasing amy i think i saw chasing amy first that came out in 97 that's ben affleck's breakout role and ben affleck to his credit he really owes a lot to kevin smith because prior to Mallrats, he was in Mallrats as well. But if you look at his early work, yeah, of course, he had a small role in School Ties. And then he had a role in Days and Confused and so forth. But his, his career, you could say, was kind of not really progressing to what he wanted until he got the lead role in Chasing Amy. And I would argue that Chasing Amy is Kevin Smith's best movie. It's his most, his most mature movie. And... I think it, it straddles the line of some of the things that you love about his movies, the great dialogue, the pop culture references, but it isn't sophomoric as much. It isn't potty humor, humor as much. It isn't kind of like Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back where they go to Hollywood and they you know you have uh, Mark Hamill playing a cameo at the end of the movie and, and just a lot of the kind of stupid humor. It straddles that, that fine line that I'd like to have seen Kevin Smith continue he tried to do a Jersey Girl, and look, Jersey Girl is not a, in that world, a view-esque universe world that he puts all of, pretty much all of his movies aside from a couple, Zack and Mary make a porno, Jer Jersey Girl, but the majority of his movies have Jalen Silent Bob in the movies, and they all kind of have in the same. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is... The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. They have the same kind of revolving characters that are essentially centered around New Jersey. And I think that had he done more movies that were like Jersey Girl and Chasing Amy, where there is a heart to them, even Clerks 2 has a heart to them, I think he would have had a better career. But I think overall, his movies just never matured. He never matured past the movies that kind of defined him in the 90s. And look, this is maybe his just acquired taste and he always wanted to do these movies. But I just think that they, first of all, let, let's, 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 let's address the kind of white elephant. His movies were never successful in terms of making money. They were never successful at all. If you look, Clerks made a decent amount of money. He maxed out all of his credit cards to do Clerks. I think it was like, and he made it for something like $30,000. And it ended up making $3 million. Okay, so it made a profit. Hollywood likes that. Then they gave him a bigger budget for Mallrats, the follow-up. And that movie didn't do well. It only made $2.2 million in box office. Chasing Amy was a $250,000 film. Still small budget, but bigger. Only made $12 million. Again, made a profit, right? So as long as these movies are making a profit for a small budget. And these were all Miramax and Weinstein. So you look at his biggest movie was Dogma. Now, Dogma has... Affleck and Damon playing the Angels. This is post Goodwill Hunting, so their profile definitely got elevated. It's got Chris Rock, Salma Hayek, George Carlin, Alan Rickman. This movie, from a Catholic perspective, as, as I'm a Catholic, or I really I would think most Christians should be offended by this movie. Uh, it, it is somewhat sacrilegious, but I, I just don't think the movie really works. I think it's like the who's who of affirmative action by bringing in Salma Hayek by bringing in Chris Rock as different roles of biblical characters. And then you have Alanis Morissette playing God. And the movie just, to me, kind of reached the pinnacle of, of his world. And that movie was made for $10 million and it earned $30 million. And Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, $20 million budget, made $30 million. So again, it's not like any of his movies are making $100 billion. Jersey Girl had J-Lo in it. They cut J-Lo's role in it because it came after Geely. And so they just have her die at the beginning. She plays the the mother of the girl that, that Ben Affleck's character is raising. That movie was made for 35 and only made 36. It doesn't make a lot of money. Clerks 2, made for 5 mil, earned 25 mil. Zach and, Mary, Zach and Mary make a porno. Again, didn't make a lot of money. Didn't make a lot of money. Almost tanked Rogan's career. Rogan was on a hot streak at that time. Almost tanked his career. The movie's fine, but it's juvenile. 
cop out with Tracy Morgan, Bruce Willis. Again, it's just juvenile work. Just juvenile work. And at this point, he's in his he's in his mid-40s. And look, you look at him during this time. He still dresses like Silent Bob. He's still dressing like the, the big hockey uniforms, the backwards cap, and so forth. And you compare him to guys that are his age. Like, would Nolan dress like that? Would Fincher dress like that? Would Soderbergh dress like that? No. No. So, in closing, look, I wish Kevin Smith the best. He's had issues with his weight. It's gone up and down, up and down, up and down. He had a heart attack a few years ago, and he's tried to clean up his life. He did smoke a lot of cigarettes, and he gave that up. Then he started smoking pot after after shocking Seth Rogen introduced him to pot when they did uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. But then he gave up pot because, as we've talked about over at The Awakened Man, and this might not be a popular opinion, but marijuana can lead to psychotic breaks, can lead to schizophrenia, and does have pernicious effects. Now, I know some of you aren't going to like that take, but it can happen, and he gave up pot as well. What I will give credit for Smith is that he understands his fans and he loves his fans. He, the, the guy's been cranking out podcasts for a variety of podcasts for years. And with the most recent movies, and I think this was kind of just a grassroots thing because I think he wasn't getting, he and Miramax, they cut ties. And as he got older, his movies weren't doing as well. So I think he realized that he had to do a lot of grassroots stuff. So if you look at something like Clerks 3 and some of his later movies, he will do live screenings of these movies uh, with his fans, and he will go around the country doing this to kind of promote the movie grassroots. I think partly because he can't really get, he doesn't really have the money to do typical uh, advertising for it. But I will give him credit in that he has diversified, and he knows his fan base, and he's loyal to his fan base. I would just say that I wish he was more like Linkletter. I wish he was more like some of those indie directors of the 90s. Rodriguez, even Soderbergh came out a little earlier than this. But just who matured. And I just feel like Kevin Smith had talent, but he just his world was always just, just this world of stunted men who never grew up. And this Peter Pan syndrome. And I just think it does a great disservice to, to men in general. We talked about this in the previous episode on Dad Corner when I was covering the Judd Apatow movies. And I think Kevin Smith is just another piece of that puzzle of these movies that have been made the last 25 years that glorify the stunted man. And I just don't think this is good. It's not good for society. And I think it's poor modeling. And I think Kevin Smith has contributed to this. That being said, I wish him well. I just don't like his movies anymore. As I've grown older, my tastes have changed and I've outgrown his work. And I will stand by it, guys. If you are in your 40s and 50s and you're habitually playing video games, reading comics, I would tell you, look, everybody has hobbies and gigs and side gigs and so forth. I would just tell you maybe... As St. Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians, when you're a child, you act like a child, you act like a child, and at some point you have to stop acting like a child and become more grown up and eschew these things and leave it for the kids. Just leave it for the kids. Guys, I will post a poll at Spotify if you disagree with me on Kevin Smith. 
I would love to hear from you. You can post comments on Spotify. Also, please rate and review on Apple or Spotify. There's a link for PayPal. And also, there's a link to the website that hosts the Eclectical Gregorio feed. But the best way to listen to these, of course, is on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.